the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. It is indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday. It is the 16th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. And we've got a very important show lined up for you today. Coming up in hour number two, we'll have two guests that you're going to want to be around for. The first one will be Dr. Everett Piper, who will join us at 1010, as he does each and every Thursday, to talk about uh, some very important issues to him and to, I believe, to all of us. Uh, so Dr. Piper will be with us at 1010. And then at 1035, we're going to talk to my friend Mike Goldstein, who's the former Ohio director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. He is now working for PJTN out in Arizona, as he and former uh, congressional candidate Beverly Goldstein, his wife, have moved to Arizona, and they are continuing to stay very, very active. And Mike, in particular, is doing some great work uh, on behalf of PJTN, and quite frankly, on behalf of all of us, I will allow him to explain that coming up at 1035. So we're going to talk to Dr. Piper, and we're going to talk to Michael Goldstein uh, this morning. Our number one, then, thus, therefore is wide open to you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you here. We'll put you up and on the radio. I do have a few important thoughts that I'm going to start uh, for you and with you. Uh, first, however, uh, in our opening monologue, which, of course, always follows our Pledge of Allegiance. So, patriots, if I may ask you to indulge and please stand and face a flag if you have one nearby. If you cannot do either one of those things, that's okay. Just go ahead and say the pledge along with us. This is something that has become very important to us, very popular uh, among a lot of listeners who tell me this. And uh, I am certainly very, very proud and honored to be to have this be a part of your morning. So if you would please join us for the pledge. And I always say Biden voters, demon rats, uh, communists, Marxists, 
Kaepernick kneelers and so forth. I always tell you, don't worry about it. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to say the pledge with us. We know how you feel anyway. I always say that, you know, each day when we do the pledge, because it's real, it's true, and I'm just saying, look, you know, be who you are and be that way openly. Don't try to hide that. So, But today I have something a little bit more, which I'll do after the pledge. We now have proof. It's not just, you know, a radio host's statement that ah, all of these leftists are communists. The Democrat Party believes in communism and Marxism and has more in common with them than they do with American patriots and capitalists and believers in this free republic. It's not just some host talking point. It's not just, you know, some conservative uh, belly aching about their opponents on the other side. We have, we have evidence now. We have proof of their allegiance to communism. And I'm going to share that with you right after you join me for our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, uh, 11 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this yesterday. Uh, and uh, you probably won't believe your ears as I share this with you now. We all know that there are a number of far left, and I mean truly leftist, members of the Democrat Party in the People's House and in the People's Senate. One of them, you probably are aware, is Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. We know he has been one of the loudest, one of the most shrill voices against uh, the, the liberty of this country, the Constitution upon which it was founded. But I didn't know he would be full communist. But now we know. And how do we know? Because he was only too eager and excited to speak and be a part of the Connecticut People's World Committee, a branch of the Communist Party USA, as well as the Marxist People's World, which you can find online. That's a website, People's World. Richard Blumenthal was a surprise guest as he presented the annual Amistad Awards this past Saturday night. I did not know about this. I found this yesterday, and then I saw a terrific report on this, from our friend Tom Zawistowski from the We the People convention. Tom Zawistowski blasted this out in, an, in a text blast yesterday that also uh, caught my attention. And Tom correctly points out what I said in my open. They can't hide it anymore. They don't want to hide it anymore. If you think Richard Blumenthal didn't know that this would get press coverage and didn't stand up there proudly supporting a communist group anyway... Well, then you're just not paying attention. He knew that this was going to make the news, and he went and he stood proudly with communists anyway and said, I'm very happy to be here. I'm sorry, quote, I'm I'm really excited and honored to be here, said Senator Richard Blumenthal. I'm going to read a little bit from what Tom Z wrote about this because I think he says it very well. The Connecticut People's World Committee presented its annual Amistad Awards on Saturday to mark the 102nd anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party USA. Awards were presented to Senator Julie Kushner, Democrat from Danbury, Connecticut, 
Pastor Rodney Wade of Waterbury, Connecticut, and SEIU activist Azucena Santiago. Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democratic senator from Connecticut, joined the program as a surprise guest to offer congratulations and present the award winners with certificates of special recognition from the U.S. Senate. I'm really honored and excited to be with you today and share in this remarkable occasion, Blumenthal said, to a group of communists and communist supporters. Blumenthal said one doesn't have to agree with everything the party or the unions stand for and said he was there to acknowledge the great tradition of activism and standing up for individual workers that is represented by the three honorees. I don't know about you, but it sounds like that line could have been taken from the Daily Worker. At a time in our world where we are faced with a very serious threat from communist China, which continues to advance its goals and its agenda, quite frankly, at the peril of the United States, knowing that the weak, pathetic, squish administration that is running this country right now will do nothing to stand up to China. Nothing. Nothing on behalf of the Taiwanese people. Nothing on behalf of the people of Hong Kong and others. Nothing on behalf of the Uyghur Muslims who continue to be treated as slaves, literally ongoing modern-day slavery in China, and our, we are all concerned about human rights and oppression in the United States, leadership from the Democrats says and does nothing. That leadership will do nothing to challenge China. And then not to mention, of course, Russia amassing tens of thousands of troops along the Ukrainian border, about to invade a free people and take over more of the Ukrainian land. Expanding its reach. And this is a reach, by the way, of a man named Vladimir Putin, who is a, is a, is a mass-murdering dictator. And what is, the, what is the Biden-branded administration doing about it? Nothing. Except the Democrats are sending Richard Blumenthal to a communist gathering in the United States and saying, onward ho, let's go. Communist Party USA, oh, well, you don't have to agree with everything. But did you stand there and condemn communism before this group that you praised? No, you did not. Did Julie Kushner, Democrat, Representative from Danbury, Connecticut, reject her award simply on the on the basis of being a proud American capitalist rather than accepting an award from a communist group on the 102nd anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party USA? No. Democrats aren't rejecting it. Democrats aren't hiding it. Democrats are acknowledging. Look, we are for Marxism in America. It's why we support the teaching of critical race theory. It's why we support the fiction that is American history by way of the 1619 Project. It's why we, as Democrats, support Black Lives Matter. It has nothing to do with black lives, of course. If Black Lives Matter had anything to do with Black Lives, Black Lives Matter would be all over the streets of Chicago and other major urban centers where black lives are taken 
by the dozens every weekend. Every weekend. But they don't go there because those black lives are being taken by black people to the tune of 95% of all of those killings, all of those murders, all of those hits. Black-on-black crime, they don't care about black lives. What they do care about is advancing the Marxist agenda upon which Black Lives Matter was built. It's not about black lives. It's about Black Lives Matter, the Marxist organization. Blumenthal used his time also with the communists in Connecticut to uh, pitch his support for the Build Back Better Broke Brandon plan. The Also a national $15 minimum wage Ending the filibuster and re-electing Democrats to Congress. I'm surprised he didn't throw the expand the Supreme Court the way uh, 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 Pocahontas did uh, yesterday as well. There's a lot to be working for on economic justice, he said to a bunch of communists. In racial equity, not equality, equity, which is something that the communists that he was speaking to would certainly get with. In establishing a $15 wage, holding corporations accountable for the basic treatment of the American people, that's right, take everything from them. Store it in the state's coffers, and the state will distribute it to the people as needed. Exactly what the communists wanted to hear. Um, Kushner, one of the other nominees, or not nominees, rather, uh, but honorees, Senator Julie Kushner, her award was presented by her Labor Committee co-chair, Representative Robin Porter, a Democrat from New Haven, Connecticut, in a previous winter. Kushner said she became involved in union organizing at a young age, working with employees at the casinos, as well as organizing graduate students at universities, giving her friendships and deep bonds that will never go away. What I found, let me see if there's anything really earth-shattering in here that I want to say about her. Not really. The other honorees, Pastor Wade, which I talked about as well. Uh, finally, the event MC Ben McManus. Let's give you this so that we can move on. Event MC Ben McManus said, and I quote, We invite you to join the Communist Party in this epic time as we make good trouble to uproot systemic racism, retool the war economy, tax the rich, address climate change, secure voting rights, and create a new socialist system that puts people, peace, and planet before profits. And no doubt Richard Blumenthal and every Democrat in that room stood and applauded with a, with a standing ovation. People, peace, and planet before profits. Uprooting systemic racism. Support us in the Communist Party. They're not even hiding it anymore. They haven't hidden it for a long time. But to have elected members of the United States Senate standing there and speaking before a communist group and praising the work that they do is a little bit different and a little bit stronger than what I've pointed out numerous times. Whenever you have massive protest rallies put on by Antifa, far-left Democrat activist groups like Antifa, they are joined by banner carriers that always say Revcom USA. You remember this, right? Revcom USA. What is it? Revolutionary Communist Party, United States of America. The Democrats have been in bed with communists for a very long time. They openly court their support at events like this. 
and they refuse to condemn the atrocities that communism is responsible for in places like Russia, North Korea, uh, China. China, right now. They refuse to condemn those things. They let you know where they stand. So whenever I tell you on that pledge, patriots, please stand and join us for the Pledge of Allegiance. And liberal, demon rat communists, don't bother. Take a knee. We know how you feel. Now you know that this isn't just talk. It's not just conservative radio talking points. It's real. They embrace communism, and they do so openly. 922, we'll come right back. Okay, 925 on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. Don't forget, Dr. Everett Piper will be joining us after uh, the top of the next hour at about 1010. We will also talk uh, with Mike Goldstein. Looking forward to that. I haven't talked to Mike in some time. And uh, Mike has been busy, as I said. He and his um, uh, lovely wife, uh, Beverly, former congressional candidate who has done such amazing work on behalf of people of, uh, of Northeast Ohio. Uh, and I mean that literally with all of her activism. Uh, they moved to Arizona, and they are still working and being active in Arizona as well. So uh, really, uh, really appreciate the opportunity to talk to Mike and catch up on what he is doing. He's written a few articles in recent uh, uh, weeks for The Federalist that have been published in The Federalist. That's good stuff, and we're going to be talking about some of that coming up here. So the communism angle is one, like I said, it's not, it's not talking points, it's not an angle, it's reality. Now let's look at and listen to a real communist, as he describes, um, what his goals are in 2022 for his communist or Democrat Party. And as we fight to make progress in all of them, I hope you remember what got us to the White House in the first place. In 2020, we won as a unified... Did, did he really say that? Let's remember what got us to the White House in the first place. And the answer is election fraud. Okay? The answer is universal mail-in balloting weaponized because of COVID. Unmonitored ballot box uh, ballot boxes. Um, ballot harvesting. Um, no signature nor postmarked envelopes arriving at election offices in the key strategic, strategic states that you needed to win. How about just Dominion voting machines being altered? Video evidence of stacks of votes being added after, closing, uh, after a poll is closed. How about voter fraud? You want us to talk about what got you to the White House in the first place? Just election fraud. White House in the first place. In 2020, we won as a unified Democratic Party. You stayed in your basement for 10 months because you had nothing of substance to mumble past your dentures. More unified than ever. Now we look at 2022. Let's do that. I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, Bal. You're going to in for a problem. Get ready, Bal. You're going to in for a problem. Try saying that in English, or at least as somebody older than two. You know, you're considerably older than two, but you speak like a toddler sometimes. And we need to stay unified. Jamie Harrison is here, and he's doing an outstanding job as the DNC chair. And I also want to thank the DNC vice chairs and the leadership as well. The DNC has been a critical partner in all of our work this year. As Democrats, we know what we're for, while Republicans don't seem to be for anything. Name me something they are for. Okay. 
Challenge accepted. Democrats, we know what we're for. Republicans don't seem to be for anything. Name me something we're for. Here's what we're for. We're for lower prices at the grocery store, at the furniture store, at the clothing store, at the gas pumps. That's what we're for. We're for energy independence, which we had before you and your Brandon administration took over and unilaterally on day one jacked up our energy costs by canceling leases to, uh, uh, to frack and, and for natural gas and drill for oil and closing down American pipelines. That's what we're for. We're for a strong military, one that you have gutted, both in budget cuts and, more importantly, in getting rid of valuable military personnel in all branches of the service with your ridiculous COVID mandates. What are we for? We are for a sovereign America with a secure southern border, one that is not being assaulted on an hourly basis by gangs, by drug cartels, by human traffickers. We are for having Americans safe from the the number of drugs and other violent aspects that you allow to come in unchecked at the southern border. That's what we're for. We are for being responsible for our own debts. We are for agreeing to take out a loan to buy a house and paying the mortgage back. And yes, we agree to borrow tens of thousands of dollars for a college education, and we are for paying it back, not debt relief, not student loan forgiveness. What are we for, Brandon? We are for the constitutional bedrock upon which this country was founded that you and your ilk seem to try to take away from us through things like universal um, not universal mail-in balloting, beg your pardon uh, but the federalization of the election process. Our founders, the framers of the Constitution, gave that power to the states for a reason. You want to take that away. That's something we're for. What else are we for? We don't have enough time here. It's 9.30. But we are for pretty much everything that will stop you from turning this country from a capitalist republic into a socialist nightmare. That's what we're for. We can sit here and list. We're for balancing budgets. We are for cutting taxes. We are for cutting prices. We are for non-mandates. We are for medical freedom. In other words, we're for what this country was built upon and that you are taking away as you build on what your boss, Barack Obama, started back in 2008. The fundamental transformation away from all of those things that we are for. Tell me a single thing the Republicans are for, you say? Let's have that debate. Let's have that conversation. Sit down, crank up your hearing aids, and listen. We'll be right back. wake-up call, courtesy of the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. 
Speaking of Woke America, uh, I, I want to share this story with you at 937 as we continue on uh, AM 1420. The answer this is, look, I respect conservatives and Republicans who proclaim that we need to return to a place of civility and working with the other side. I respect the call for bipartisanship, reaching across the aisle, um, you know, for for the common good. I, I get it. I really do. But I, I have to tell you, there, there is a point in time that comes where the call for bipartisanship and the call for civility is is misguided, to be to be quite frank. Um, there can be no civility. There can be no um, bipartisanship, uh, common ground, when people just simply refuse to acknowledge and believe in and agree upon the fundamental rules of fairness on everything from, as we talk about when it comes to academic, D.I.E., that's diversity, inclusion, and equity. Some people call it D.E.I. I prefer to call it D.I.E. because it reminds us that it is going to lead to the death, quite frankly, of this country. Diversity, inclusion, and equity. When it comes to academics, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to ownership and so forth, when it comes to crime and punishment, allowing people to get out of jail without bail, only to go out there and watch them commit more crimes simply because it's, it's, it's not equitable to have more people of color in prisons when they are 13% of the population than people who are white, which represents 70% of the population in prisons. Um, it, we have to strive for equity. More kids getting suspended from school who are of one color compared to fewer kids being suspended from school who are another color saying that that's racist, it's systemic. There comes a point where I'm going to just say, look, at this Christmas time or any other time, I'm not interested in civility. I can't be civil with people who stand for things that are just that are just so evil and they're so deadly and so destructive for our children, for our society. There comes a time when people say, hey, you know, goodwill toward men, and let's shake hands with our, our opponents, and let's uh, get along with... We have people being held. We have people being held in prisons and jails in Washington, D.C., for being invited into the Capitol building by police officers who stepped out of their way and opened up bicycle gates so that they could walk in peacefully and take pictures inside, while on another side of the building, yes, there was a storming and the smashing of some windows to get into the Capitol building, but there are people who walked in peacefully, took a few selfies, said, hey, I'm in the Capitol building, how cool is this, and then left, and they've been in jail, for literally 11 months. 11 months. And they're being kept in squalid, horrid conditions. And we're going to have a lot more on this in the coming days. Specifics, I promise you. And we have Democrats on a committee. They're calling those people insurrectionists who should be tried for treason. And they won't even allow Republicans to be on the committee. 
I want you to think about that. I'm not going to have civility with those people. I'm not going to have friendship and say, hey, it's Christmas. We might disagree on policy, but boy, we're all Americans. No, they're not Americans. They don't believe in the rule of law. They don't believe in the Constitution. They'll scream and demand that people like Daryl Brooks, the career criminal who's got a record of arrests, including violent felonies longer than my arm, and I'm six foot three, I've got long arms, that he should be let out on a thousand dollars bail before he gets into his SUV and plows through a Christmas Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Let that man free, they said, again and again and again. But these people who walked into the Capitol building, and again, we're not talking about any uh, uh, talking about anybody that engaged in violence or theft or anything else, but even that has to be punishments that fit the crime. But they've been kept for 11 months, most of them in isolation. There's no telling when a trial might be held. And, and they call that justice? Free Daryl Brooks... Lock up tourists who wanted to be there to express their support for Donald Trump on January 6th, who wanted to yell and chant outside of the Capitol building the way people have done by the scores for decades in this country, and scream and make their voices, what did Donald Trump say again? Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Tell those senators inside, decertify the election, allow for a 10-day audit to take place. Those people are, are still in, in jails and prisons, again, in isolation, and no telling when their actual trials are going to be. I can't, I can't find civility and common ground with these people. Look at this story. You ever hear the name Michelle Tafoya? Michelle Tafoya has been a uh, staple of, of uh, sports coverage from ESPN to NBC and all over the place. For 25 years, she's covered the NFL. She's great at it, by the way. She's great at it. She's one of the women. You know, there's a lot of football fans who are guys who don't like women commentators on the NFL just because it's a man's sport, it's our game. Women can't play the game, so women shouldn't talk about the game, blah, blah, blah. And aside from that moderately sexist uh, uh, viewpoint, they really have respect for Michelle Tafoya because she's, she's good at it. She's won five Emmys, I think, uh, for her NFL coverage. She has been booted by NBC from her Sunday night football job, their Sunday night football coverage. She's been their sideline reporter all season. She's been there for the last 10 years actually doing this. And they booted her. Why? Because she dared to go on The View, in which she was invited to be the token conservative among their five panelists, four of them beating up on one conservative. It's why it's driven so many people from that chair. So they just kind of have rotating guest hosts in the conservative chair. And in this case, it was Michelle Tafoya. And um, they started going in on Colin Kaepernick and talking about what a hero Colin Kaepernick is. And Michelle Tafoya had the nerve had the gall to point out, you're full of crap. This was, this was uh, when Colin Kaepernick's Netflix special called Colin in Black and White, by the way, for which he is being paid millions, 
Um, this special was being released, and it was on November 4th. Michelle Tafoya guest hosted, and they brought this up. And they talked about what a hero Colin Kaepernick was and what a terrible thing that he got blackballed by uh, uh, by the National Football League, in their view. Michelle Tafoya had the gall, had the temerity, had the nerve, had the chutzpah to say, um, no, not really, you're full of garbage. Um, Colin Kaepernick isn't in the league because he's not any good. If he was any good, he'd still be playing. If Colin Kaepernick could help somebody with... Yeah, hold on. I think I might even have the audio here, at least a portion of it. So you can hear exactly what Michelle Tafoya said before getting canceled by NBC, by the people that we're supposed to have civility with, by the people that we're supposed to have bipartisanship with, the people that we're supposed to extend a hand of friendship toward. Let me see if I have this real quick here. That comparison that he makes to slave owners... This is Sonny Hostin. One of the view cackling hens uh, supporting Colin Kaepernick before you get to Tafoya. Listen. Slave owners and slaves is not sort of totally you, unreasonable. I support free speech a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. But I thought comparing it to the slave trade was a little rough. The power he dynamic. could win them a Super Bowl. He would be on a team right now. I promise you that. All right. So Sonny Hostin and the rest of the hens, the liberal hens, where they're saying, you know... When Colin Kaepernick said that being an NFL player is like being a slave, and he did the, his TV show, his his Netflix special in which he compared uh, scouts evaluating the physical dimensions and the heights and the weights and the muscle tone and so on and so forth of potential NFL draft picks to slave uh, owners. Uh, examining slaves when they're brought up on the auction block by the, after they are captured in the slave trade. When he made that comparison, it's not totally out of bounds because you know the overwhelming majority of NFL owners are white and the overwhelming number of NFL players are black. So, you know, he was kind of on point there. And Michelle Tafoya said, again, paraphrasing her, are you crazy? National Football League players go into the National Football League voluntarily, not in chains. National Football League owners hire scouts to evaluate the physical capabilities of these people to play the games that they are volunteering. By the way, I shouldn't even call them volunteers. Volunteers typically are unpaid. They're applying. They're going to job interviews. That's what these are, job interviews. And the owners... Uh, have to evaluate how good these people would be at this job. To compare that to slavery is an insult. It's a it's a it's a disgrace to the memories, to the families, to the ancestry of actual slaves who didn't get seventy five million dollar contracts to work the fields, who didn't get seventy five million dollar contracts to cater to the whims and the needs of owners and others who tortured and murdered them if they didn't do it to the satisfaction of those owners. The comparison was just insane. And the left, the leftist hands on, on, the, on the view told Michelle Tafoya, yeah, but, yeah, but, these players are treated like animals. I'd like to know what animals are paid $75 million, or what's the league minimum in the NFL? Let's go to the very last guy on the roster, the 55th roster spot holder. I think the league minimum is somewhere in the neighborhood of $600,000 a year. 
How much do you make? I don't know you. Maybe you make $600,000 a year. I know I don't. And I don't know anybody who does, to be honest with you. But these guys do, and that's to be the worst player on a team. For the rest of them, it's in the millions every year. And to compare what they do to slavery is beyond insulting. So Michelle Tafoya said so, and she also pointed out that Colin Kaepernick was not blackballed by the National Football League. And in her words, you kind of heard a part at the end there. She said, if any coach or owner believed Colin Kaepernick could win them a Super Bowl, he would be on a roster right now. They don't feel like he can win them a Super Bowl. That's number one. And number two, and this is of the, the utmost importance in this discussion, Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play football. He pretends to want to play football so that he can keep his activism career going. His claim that he has been blackballed from the league has made him millions from Nike, from Netflix, and countless other activist ventures into which he is, in which he is involved. He is making far more money as an activist and as a martyr than he would as a backup quarterback in the National Football League. Because that's what his skill set is, is that of a backup quarterback. So forget about Colin Kaepernick for a minute. Let's go back to the point of all of this. Michelle Tafoya, Tafoya has been canceled for going on The View and saying nobody forces these guys to play. These guys enter willingly. They're the most well-cared-for cared for people. Yes, they play a hard sport, and every one of them, she said, black, white, Latino, whoever's playing, will tell you how much they love it and they're willing to do, and they make a damn good living, her words. And then when the leftist hens say, oh, Kaepernick lost everything by kneeling for the national anthem is a flat-out lie, and now Michelle Tafoya, for calling them out on it, is out of her job at NBC. I can't be friends. I can't be civil. I can't be, hey, we are just all, boy, all for the same thing. All for America. All for democracy. All for our great capitalist republic. We just have different views on how to get there. No, I'm not going to lie like that. I'm going to say you cancel the Michelle Tafoya. You and I can never be friends. You tell me that you are for killing little babies before they even have a chance to defend themselves because they're still in their mother's wombs, you and I cannot be friends. You tell me you are for an open border that that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are overseeing right now as more drugs and gang members and traffickers exploit that border than ever before in the history of the United States, harming millions of Americans every day, you and I cannot be friends. I would love to give a message of Christmas civility and unity. I'm not going to lie, however. 216-901-0945. I'll be right back. Okay, 9.55. I got a little bit away from the uh, call screen there. I hadn't been checking it for a bit <laughs> as I went on my extended rant, but uh, I do want to get you up and on the air now. So let's do that. We'll go to uh, where are we going to go first. This is going to be, as I seem to have lost my place again already. Uh, who's up? It's Mike in Lakewood. Mike, thanks for waiting. Sorry about that. You're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, uh, I believe it's the Republican Party that doesn't stand for anything. Uh if you want to talk about what it stands for, can we talk about the Republican Party platform in 2020? Oh, there was none, because it's a cult of personality. 
And if you're not part of the cult's personality, then you are drummed out of the party. You were complaining about Michelle Tafoya. What about Liz Cheney and Anthony Gonzalez and all these other people who've been drummed out of the Republican Party? You're a total hypocrite. Okay, well, Mike, let's let's talk about the insanity of your, your words here for a moment, if we can. Sure, sure. Uh, you, you say the Republican Party wasn't for anything. They were just for a cult of personality. Let me ask you something. Do you think the Republican Party was for energy independence in America? I don't know. Let's look at the Republican Party. No, 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 no. You answer my questions there. You made your ridiculous, insane statement, and I want to, I want to challenge you on it. You said we weren't for anything. Do you think that the Republican Party, particularly based on what we achieved in the four years that President Trump was in office, which was, for the first time, in history, being a net exporter of energy. We were literally independent when it came to energy. We needed nothing from foreign countries, nothing from the Middle East. We were 100% energy independent and said so. You don't think we were for that in 2020? I don't know. Is that the Republican Party or is it uh, Lord Trump? Why do you keep, what, what makes them different? President Trump is the one who brought us that energy independence. It's his policies that well, made it so. So we were for Trump and for energy independence. Let me ask you this. Do you think we were for do you think we were for a secure border and cutting down on the millions and millions and millions of pounds of fentanyl that are enough to kill everybody in this country five times over by by securing our southern border? Do you think we were for that in twenty twenty? Is that in the Republican Party platform? I missed it. Yes. Yeah. You're you're you're, you're, you're not you're not you're not serious, right? You don't you don't think that the Republican Party platform had listed build the wall, finish the wall, secure the border to stop drugs and and human traffickers from continuing to flow across it? You don't think that was in the Republican Party platform? They didn't have a platform in 2020, you idiot. There wow. Was no- Mike, 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 here's what I'm going to ask you to do after I hang up on you, uh, which is now. Uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is, is pull your head from your behind, and I want you to go and look at the Trump 2020 um, campaign. And, and look it up. All of that stuff is available. Go to the RNC. Go to what we did for four years under President Trump. Because what we were for under President Trump in 2016... And in 2017 and in 2018 and in 2019 and heading into 2020 was lower taxes, a secure border, and lower crime, criminal justice reform, education reform, strengthening of our military, energy independence. I mean, do I need to go on? All of these things were part of the platform that you call um, cult of personality, just because the president was the leader in all of those things. If being for Donald Trump, which you call just having a cult of personality, is is being for all of the things that I just listed, then yeah, I'm proud to say I was for Donald Trump. Now, what makes that a cult compared to what is going on for President Brandon? Mike and Flakewood, where I expect to hear this kind of stuff. What What is the difference between blind support for a bumbling dementia addled confused old man who literally has pulled the plug on all of the above what would you call a supporter of joe brandon who has killed our energy independence and jacked up our energy costs at the pump and in our homes exponentially what would you call somebody who still supports a man who literally took the wall down, and is allowing millions of people to flow across that border. 
including the drugs and including the human traffickers that I just discussed. But people would support that. What would you call people who supported that? What would you call somebody who, who supports inflation at a 39-year high that is because of the policies of the current administration? What would you call somebody who supports that? Because you know what I would call somebody who supports all of those things? I would call that a cult member. A cult member would be somebody who is is brainwashed into thinking that what is being done to them is a good thing, even when it is very easily, observably harmful to them. That's a cult member. People who supported Donald Trump in 2016 and in 2020 had exactly the opposite observable facts. Things that were good for them. Tax cuts, stronger police, stronger military, secured border, energy independence, lower prices, better jobs, more jobs, lowest unemployment rate in American history. They had all of those observable facts. They supported that. That's not supporting a, uh, somebody as a cult leader. That's supporting the positive benefits that have been done to their lives. So thank you, Mike. It's always great to hear from people like you to remind us of exactly why we won't be civil until we return this country to its constitutional foundation. Everett Piper will join me next on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.